Good morning, sons and daughters of God. What a joy it is to be with you today through our online worship service, and we certainly hope that you are continuing to use these services to draw you close to one another, even though we are separated by distance, and that you feel a spiritual connection with your brothers and sisters, not only in our congregation, but throughout uh, our nation and our world. We've heard that these have been shared in places overseas, so that's quite a joy that we can bring these to you, and we're glad to do it. Now, I would invite you to light a candle in the space where you are as a reminder of the presence of the Holy Spirit, a way in which we were reminded that God is with us as we begin our worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God whose steadfast love is everlasting, whose faithfulness endures from generation to generation. Amen. Living as a follower of Jesus is not easy. Although he promised to always be with us on our discipleship journeys, he also tells us that if we live by his values, his principles and standards, then we may find ourselves at odds with the world, its culture and beliefs. Yes, even when we hear his honest warning that he has come not to bring peace but a sword, we think, what is this? Isn't Jesus the Prince of Peace, setting brother against sister, parent against child, wife against husband? We thought the church was for families. As if things aren't hard enough in the world today. Aren't our relationships and living with each other tough enough without Jesus telling us that faith may divide us? At times, we do almost anything to keep peace. Bite our tongues, hold our tempers, compromise our principles. If so, could there be times when we do put our families, our friendships, our peace and quiet ahead of our faith? our commitments to Christ? Are we so concerned with keeping peace, with not ruffling the waters, that we cover over problems, dilemmas, real issues, important things because of fear? We pray, Lord, forgive us our cowardice, our putting peacefulness ahead of principle. Teach us to serve you as you deserve, to give and not count the cost, to fight and not heed the wounds, to toil and not seek first for rest, to labor and not to ask for reward, except that of knowing that we do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, amen. Dear friends, courage is not the absence of fear. It's being afraid, but going on, doing what we have to do. 
When Jesus tells us, do not fear, he's promising us that God is with us even when we are afraid, to never fear that we are alone. Beloved of God, by the radical abundance of divine mercy, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained grace upon grace. Our sins are forgiven. Let us now live in hope, for hope does not disappoint, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Please join with me as we offer a litany for this Father's Day. Heavenly Father, today we ask you to bless our earthly fathers for the many times they reflected the love, strength, generosity, wisdom, and mercy that you exemplify in your relationship with us, your children. We honor our fathers for putting our needs above their own convenience and comfort, for teaching us to show courage and determination in the face of adversity, for challenging us to move beyond self-limiting boundaries, for modeling the qualities that would turn us into responsible, principled, caring adults. Not all our fathers lived up to these ideals, Give them the grace to acknowledge and learn from their mistakes. Give us the grace to extend to them the same forgiveness that you offer us all. Help us to resist the urge to stay stuck in past bitterness. Instead, moving forward with humility and peace of heart. We ask your blessing on those men who served as father figures in our lives when our biological fathers weren't able to do so. May the love and selflessness they showed us be returned to them in all their relationships and help them to know that their influence has changed us for the better. Give new and future fathers the guidance they need to help raise their children, that they may grow up grounded in a love for God and other people. Remind these fathers that treating their spouses with dignity, compassion, and respect is one of the greatest gifts they can give their children. We pray that our fathers who have passed into the next life have been welcomed into your loving embrace and that our family will one day be reunited in your heavenly kingdom. We pray in the name of your Son, whom you entrusted to Joseph. Amen. Our first reading today comes from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah accuses God of forcing him into a ministry that brings him only contempt and persecution. Yet Jeremiah is confident that God will be a strong protector against his enemies and commits his life into God's hands. A reading from Jeremiah. O Lord, you've enticed me, and I was enticed. You've overpowered me. You've prevailed. I've become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I must cry out, I must shout, violence, destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and a derision all day long. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more of his name, there's within me something like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary with holding it in. 
and I cannot, for I hear many whispering. Terror is all around. Denounce him. Let us denounce him. All my close friends are watching for me to stumble. Perhaps he can be enticed, and we can prevail against him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me like a dread warrior. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble, and they will not prevail. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of hosts, you test the righteous. You see the heart and the mind. Let me see your retribution upon them. For you, I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord. Praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the needy from the hands of the evildoers. Word to God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the book of Romans. In baptism, we were incorporated into the reality of Christ's death and resurrection. We've been made new in Christ through his death and resurrection to live freed from sin. A reading from Romans. Should we continue to live in sin in order that grace may be abound? By no means. How can we who have died in sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the death by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness in life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this. So know, we know, that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
The Gospel according to Matthew. This reading is from the message. Jesus said to his disciples, A student doesn't get a better desk than her teacher. A laborer doesn't make more money than his boss. Be content, pleased even, when you, my students, my harvest hands, get the same treatment I get. If they call me, the master, dung face, what can the workers expect? Don't be intimidated. Eventually, everything is going to be put out in the open and everyone will know how things really are. So don't hesitate to go public now. Don't be baffled into silence by the threats of bullies. There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Save your fear for God, who holds your entire life, body, and soul in his hands. What's the price of a pet canary? Some loose change, right? And God cares what happens to it even more than you do. He pays even greater attention to you down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. So don't be intimidated by all this bully talk. You're worth more than a million canaries. Stand up for me against world opinion, and I'll stand up for you before my Father in heaven. If you turn tail and run, do you think I'll cover for you? Don't think I've come to make life cozy. I've come with a sword to cut, make a sharp knife cut between son and father, daughter and mother, bride and mother-in-law. Cut through these cozy domestic arrangements and free you for God. Well-meaning family members can be your worst enemies. If you prefer father or mother over me, you don't deserve me. If you prefer son or daughter over me, you don't deserve me. If you don't go all the way with me through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace is yours from our risen Christ. Amen. When I was a little boy, my grandmother had to undergo some serious heart surgery. She had suffered from angina and other heart problems for a long time. And the doctor said that she would not live much longer without having the surgery. Now, obviously, this was back in the day when this kind of surgery was a whole lot more risky than it is today. And I remember how she told me that she was scared. But she told me also that she had to go through with it because that was the only way she could live. Unfortunately, she did not survive the surgery. 
And I remember being sad about that, but I also recall thinking how brave she was. Fear is something common to all of us. And sometimes fear can stop us right in our tracks. But don't we admire those people who who are afraid and yet continue to do what they need to do, what they should do? There are millions of people all over the world who, who face difficult times and difficult situations and yet Go ahead and do those things anyway. She puts on her scrubs and goes to work at the nursing home to take care of the residents, even though there has been a new outbreak of COVID-19. He gets up early to get to work on time where he puts on his mask and his gloves and begins to stock the grocery shelves. So the rest of us will have something when we get there. Truly, there are people who are constantly doing things that seem frightening and scary, but they have the courage to go ahead and do them anyway. They do what they have to do. Certainly, we are living in scary times. Financial uncertainty, social isolation, societal upheaval, worldwide illness. And then there are the ongoing fears that we face all the time. Certainly the fear of violence, the fear of death. And don't our fears, at least in part, aren't they something that drive us toward the church, toward our faith, toward God. In the midst of all of that that scares us, we seek peace and stability and strength. So what are we going to do with the readings this morning from the Scriptures? Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? Jesus asks. No, I have not come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. The prophet Jeremiah describes God's presence in his life as a fire, a burning fire shut up in my bones. The psalmist today writes that his faith makes him an object of scorn and and ridicule and gossip. And St. Paul tells us that our commitment to Christ is not just to make us nice people, but rather that we should consider ourselves dead to sin. Anybody feeling a little nervous? Maybe even a little bit afraid? I mean, this isn't the kind of thing that we look forward to on a Sunday morning or whenever we are watching this service. It makes us uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. I mean, I love nothing more than to tell you how much God loves you. 
I rejoice when we can share in the joy of our Christian life together. And I believe that the abundant life Jesus came to give us is full of awe and wonder and amazement and beauty and even laughter. And today, Jesus even tells us that God always cares for us, that, that we are so well known that even all the hair on our head is counted. Of course, God has to count higher for some than for others. Obviously, this kind of gospel message is meant to bring us peace and comfort. But let's admit it. Being an American Christian today is pretty comfortable. So much so that it might even lead us to boredom. Even stagnation. But Jesus didn't come for boredom and stagnation. I mean, think with me for just a minute about his life. Think, think about what you know about Jesus' life. The ones who received comfort from Jesus were the ones whose life was already uncomfortable, rocky, disruptive, fearful. And when he began to reveal his vision of God's reign in the world, it challenged all kinds of systems and lifestyles and assumptions about wealth and class and status. And that challenge that he insisted on having, he, he challenged that the empire of this world needed to be turned up on its head. And that challenge led him to be crucified by that very empire. Nearly everyone that Jesus encounters throughout his life had to make a choice about him. Over and over again, he brought people to the point of, of tension, of crisis, but also of movement and transformation. Except for those who refuse to change. How many people in the gospel story can you name who didn't feel compelled to change because of Jesus. And when they did, their friends and family and, and neighborhoods, they didn't understand it. Jesus did not come to continue the status quo. There's no question Jesus loves us. But sometimes that love is a tough love. A tough love that compels us to make those same hard choices about what is really important in our lives, about who we are going to follow. He says he came to bring a sword. Well, maybe we could think about that sword more like a scalpel. 
that is meant to, to cut away all that, that keeps us living boring and stagnant lives. It cuts away what, 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 in order to expose all of the, the secrets that we try to keep hidden and all the things that we try to keep settled. Faith and, and following is risky. And it doesn't guarantee us health and wealth and prosperity and safety. And some of you may not like what I'm going to say, but those who tell you that it does are lying to you. And they're making a mockery of what Jesus teaches. So why is this so hard? It isn't because Jesus wants us to suffer. But it's because He loves us enough to be honest with us. He loves us enough to call us to follow Him, as frightening as that might be sometimes, because He knows that following Him will bring us peace. Healing, wholeness, and it will help to bring justice and peace to our world. It will give us life, real life, His In his book, Emotional Intelligence, Daniel Goleman tells the story of an American infantryman in Vietnam. The soldier's platoon was hunkered down in the rice fields of Vietnam, embroiled in a heated firefight with the Viet Cong. In Vietnam, the rice fields are often separated by an earthen berm. And on this particular day, Six, a line of six Buddhist monks walked right out across that berm, right into the field of fire. They didn't look left or right. They just continued to walk right in between those two battling armies who were hunkered down, crouched down in battle. The monks just kept walking. And when they did, the soldier said this. It was really strange because nobody shot at them. And after they walked over the berm, suddenly all the fight was out of me. It just didn't feel like I, I just didn't feel like I wanted to do this anymore, at least not that day. And it must have been the same for everybody because everybody just quit. We just stopped fighting. Goldman continues. Of course, I cannot say what any of us are called to do right now. I can only say that anyone who chooses to walk with God may well be completely out of step with the expectations of the office, 
the neighborhood, or even the family. Sometimes it seems God's people are called to walk right through the field of fire, faithfully, sacrificially, loyally doing what we have been called to do. Like my grandmother. It may be scary, but it's the only way to have life. So ask yourself, because I've been asking myself, when was the last time my faith drove me into the line of fire? When did my faith actually make me change my mind on an issue that really matters? When did my faith move me to do something that actually caused some holy division between me and somebody else? If we can't think of a time or remember the last time that our faith was at least upsetting to us, then what does it tell us? Truth is, maybe we don't do a whole lot because we think, well, if it's not big and important, then it really must not matter. Besides, we don't really know how to wield such big swords. Let me tell you something. Little swords matter too. Like when Uncle George starts spouting off his his racist or homophobic or anti-women remarks at the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. And it's going to disrupt the conversation. Jesus said, it can happen even in our families. But isn't it worth a little bit of the uneasiness of taking a risk rather than just following the temptation to let it go? So that we can offer a vision, God's vision, of what life should be like. And who knows, maybe doing that kind of thing can, can help us feel a little more emboldened to, to step out and, and look at some of the things that really are causing this world to be so broken. I mean, these are chaotic days. COVID-19, protest against racism. I mean, all of that kind of news keeps it right in front of us. It's so obvious how broken our world is. And it leaves us afraid and uneasy. We're longing for a way to get back to normal. But today... Today, Jesus is calling us not to just long to get back to what normal used to be. 
The Prince of Peace has come and he is sending us into the chaos to long for and work for a new day. A new day of God's peace and God's justice. Today, Jesus is reminding us that that kind of peace and that kind of justice, it doesn't come easy. It doesn't come cheap. And that kind of talk scares the pants off of us. But Jesus also says to us, don't be afraid. God's love is everlasting. God is with us. Jesus' strong words today also offer a hint of resurrection and new life. Those who lose their life will find it, he says. Losing our life Sounds pretty risky. Who knew that my grandmother was teaching me about Jesus? It's scary. It's risky. But it's the only way to have life. Real life. His life. Grace, mercy, life, and peace is yours from our risen Christ. Amen.
Today we rejoice in the good news that we are joined to Christ in the waters of baptism and raised with him to new life. Therefore, I invite you to affirm your baptism with the Apostles' Creed, by which we baptize. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. God's peace be with you. The peace of Christ be with you. May the peace of Christ be with you.
praying separately in our homes and together in the spirit. Let us pray for our needy world, responding to each petition with the words from today's psalm, your love is kind. O God, Father in heaven, hold your church in your loving arms. Teach us how to live fearlessly, trusting that you are always with us, no matter where we go or what we do. Protect believers who face resistance and persecution for your sake. Bless the work of evangelists and teachers as they translate their faith into other languages. Strengthen our pastors, deacons, and church councils for their ministry during these troubled times. Hear us and help us, O God. Your love is kind. O God, our provider, here in the north, the summer solstice reminds us of your care for the whole creation. Renew the places where our land, air, and waterways have been harmed. Feed all your creatures, both the animals and the humans, with the sustenance they need for life. Guide us to sources of energy that do not destroy the earth you have created. Hear us and help us, O God. Your love is kind. O God, our ruler, inspire our president, our governors, and our legislators to work towards justice for all. Lead us to ways of life that are free from racial and ethnic prejudice. Help us strive to listen and understand each other as we debate, dialogue, and protest these difficult issues. Strengthen the world's democracies and sustain those who are working to secure free and safe elections. Give a home to refugees. Form our military and our police to maintain peace and to inhibit violence. Hear us and help us, O God. Your love is kind. O God, our physician, bring healing to all who are sick and suffering. Preserve the world from more waves of coronavirus and guide researchers who are seeking a vaccine. Protect those whose jobs expose them to contagion. Help us use social distancing and wearing masks as a way to love and care for our neighbor. Support our health care workers. We remember before you those we name here now. Leslie Oshmeyer, Susan Bayman, Jesse Brock, Larry Crawford, Sam Green, Kay Katz, Mary Lou Schofield, Steve Sherrill, Luray Spaulding, Roger Strong, Ron Wagner, and those held in our hearts or on our lips. Hear us and help us, O God. Your love is kind. O God, our peacemaker, inhabit each household in the land with your powerful peace. 
Train us to live together in harmony, especially when quarantined together. Nourish marriages and sustain extended families. Protect children from harm of every kind. Hear us and help us, O God. Your love is kind. O God, our beloved, receive now the petitions of our own hearts. Hear us and help us, O God. Your love is kind. O God, our beginning and our end, we bless you for all our forebears in family and faith who have lived and died in you. Remind us of their sacrifices, and at the end, bring us with them in your household of joy. Hear us and help us, O God. Your love is kind. Receive these prayers, O God, and those too deep for words. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hear this assurance of grace. God has always loved you. God loves you now, and God will love you forever. This is the good news that gives us life. And so we continue living, even in the midst of our fears, trusting that God will continue to bless us and keep us, that God's face will continue to shine on us with grace and mercy, God will continue to look upon us with favor and give us peace. Amen.
peace, Christ is with you. Thanks be to God. Alleluia.